Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The Financial Exchange is produced by Money Matters Radio and is hosted by employees of the Armstrong Advisory Group, a registered investment advisor that provides investment advisory services. All opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, do not reflect the opinions of Armstrong Advisory or anyone else, and do not guarantee profit. Investments can lose money. This program does not offer any specific financial or investment advice. Please consult your own financial, tax, and estate planning advisors before making any investment decisions. Armstrong and Money Matters Radio do not compensate each other for referrals and are not affiliated. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zotta and Mike Armstrong. Your exclusive look at business and financial news affecting your day, your city, your world. Stay informed and up-to-date about economic and market trends. Plus, get breaking business news every day. The Financial Exchange is a proud partner of the Disabled American Veterans Department of Massachusetts. You, too, can support our great American heroes by visiting financialexchangeshow.com slash DAV. And now, it's time for The Financial Exchange with Chuck Zotta and Mike Armstrong. Chuck, Mike, and Tucker with you, and we got the Dow up 140 points, the S&P's up 28, and the NASDAQ up 168, so anywhere from about a half percent to 1.5% rise in indices currently going on right now, reversing some of the uh, losses that we've seen in recent days. Again, nothing nothing too significant. I mean, we had fallen you know, maybe one and a quarter, one and a half percent, so it wasn't like you saw anything giant out there. But we, we've kind of hit this plateau since the start of April, and, and yes, it is a plateau because we went up and then stayed flat, not down and then, down stayed and then stayed flat. What did we call that again? That's a beloto. A beloto, yeah. Yeah, so we've, we, we're currently in the midst of an April plateau where stocks have struggled to get above about 4130 on the S&P 500 and have not gone below 4075 So a, a pretty tight 1.5% range that we have been in over the course of the last two weeks. This is all heading into earnings season now where... The numbers are not looking good. Okay. I was wondering if you were going to find a way to sugarcoat that or uh, or, or just lay it out there. But no, yeah, it doesn't look let, good. Let's talk about this. So at the start of March, okay, Q1 earnings were projected to decline by 5.9%. Mm-hmm. As of the end of March, they were projected to decline by 6.6%. So, you know, continuing Worsening. to be, And look, part of this is the, the game that you play with. You know, this is something that you always see to a certain extent where analysts revise their estimates down and then company beats lower revised estimates. Yahoo, we and, beat earnings. And, and to be reasonable here, on March 1st, we hadn't had two banks collapse yet. So revising down estimates, especially when you think about loan losses that banks are likely to take this quarter, makes some sense. And I will say, if you go back further to the start of Q1, back at uh, December, tw- December 31st, the projected earnings decline for Q1 was only 0.3% then. Okay, so we've gone from 0.3 at the end of 22 Yep. to now down 6.8% was the most recent forecast uh, It was 6.6 at the end of March, and yes, now down 6.8. Yes. Okay. okay. 
So you've seen about a 6.5% decline in projected earnings for Q1 over a three-month span. What has the S&P done during that period of time? Uh, the S&P 500 over the first three-plus months of the year uh, is currently up 7.27%. Got it. So earnings coming down, projections by nearly 7%. Yes. Value of the index going up about 7% over the same period of time. Yes. And might I add uh, that when we look at... Q4, just as an example here, mm. Q4 had an estimated earnings decline of 3.3%. Earnings actually declined by 46 They were actually worse than the projections for Q4. Got it. Now, this is not to say that that's going to be the case here, but the question that I always like to ask is, hey, if you're going to be projecting a change where things are going to get better instead of worse or worse instead of better... What's the catalyst for it? What's the catalyst for earnings improving this quarter as opposed to deproving? Which is not a word, but we it, it should be. Well, it is now. M versus D, plateau versus loto. Okay. Yep. Beloto. Beloto. Got it. My balls. Get it right. Below. It could also be low, but okay. Yeah. Beloto's got a better ring. So What's the catalyst for it? It's tough to think of them, uh, admittedly, right? I mean, I can think of plenty that would make it come in worse than expected, right? We're going to have the big banks go first. So I doubt that any of the big banks or any of the small banks, for that matter, have realized particularly large loan losses. But that's not how banks report earnings. Remember, banks sit here and they say, how many loans are we going to have to write off in the future? We start taking those losses now. So you can see a case where, hey, since Silicon Valley Bank collapsed, banks are being more conservative with their estimates and are taking loan losses in the current quarter. So you could see that coming in worse than expected. What's going to drive the S&P 500 more than anything else at this stage would be tech earnings. So what's the catalyst for tech-specific earnings to be better than anticipated? I suppose you could see advertising sales pop back up. I suppose you could see uh, spending. More realistically, if you're going to have tech tech earnings come in better than expected, it's going to be from expense reduction. And I think you could potentially see that, right? You've seen a lot of layoffs and you could see a company like Meta or Microsoft coming out and saying, yeah, we've been projecting expenses of X. We actually came in you know, below that based on uh, headcount reduction and just general expense, you know, expense reduction that we've done. If you are a corporate CEO, here's the message from these earnings projections though, because I've only given you one half of them. Yep. And that's the, the earning side. Yep. Revenue projections for Q1 projected to be up 1.8%. Here's the message that I take. If it, Let's say that I am a company that comes in and, and I do exactly that. My earnings go down by 6.8%. My revenue's up one8 I look at that and I say, gee, on a unit basis, I'm selling less stuff because inflation was running more than 1.8% over the last year. I'm selling less stuff. Yep. Despite selling less stuff, my profits dropped by more than my revenue. I got to cut more. Yeah. That's, if that's where you come in, that's what you have to do. It, yeah. Because it's, hey, I can't... There are two ways to grow earnings. I can sell more stuff, which isn't happening right now. If I can't sell more stuff, then I got to cut more stuff. Mm-hmm. And so this is how you do get into some of these self-fulfilling prophecies about, you know, potential recessions where, hey, if I can't grow my earnings through growth, I got to grow them through cutting. Now, when we look at 
a recession and the depth that you get to in said recession, there are a few different things that that feed into that. It's not not all recessions are created equal. Mm. 2008 was the worst one that we'd had in 90 years. Yes. So recession does not mean we have to go back to 08. Let's be clear about that. When we do talk about the depth of a recession, a few different factors go into it. The first is, how big was the excess that led to having to pull back from the, the, the spending that households and companies were doing? And I think you could make an argument that never more excess has been poured into an economy in such a short period of time. Uh, except it's been absorbed through inflation. Mm. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's gotten through the system in that fashion. Mm-hmm. It's when you, the way that I like to measure the actual excess is through leverage. Because that's the bet that the excess is going to continue. So the borrowing. Yeah. Am I borrowing with the idea that, yeah, the party's going to keep going and I'll be able to pay this off. And when we compare right now to 2008, just as an example, there's nowhere near the excess on household balance sheets right. and debt service that you had then. And that's, I think that's the, a very important takeaway that I've made to folks, which is, there is a lot of extra debt out there compared to 2019, but not on household balance sheets. Where it's all gone is the U.S. government. So you want to yeah. paint a you know worst case depression type recession? Yeah, if the U.S. government decides to default on its own debt, we'll sure get there. But in the absence of that, there is not the type of leverage that you have seen in some of the worst previous financial crises, whether it be the Great Recession or you know, debit uh, borrowing uh, in the dot com bubble for you know companies with no revenue to, to to grow that rapidly. There's not that type of household and corporate debt out there. One of the measures that we see that that tells us this is uh, household debt service payments as a percentage of disposable income. What percentage of your disposable income? has to go to servicing your debt. Mm. And this is in the aggregate. So there are plenty of homes, households, where your mortgage is paid off, you don't carry a credit card balance, you're a big fat zero. You have no debt service as a percentage of your disposable income. You got no car payment, you are free and clear. There are plenty of other households where they got a mortgage payment that's 30% of their income. They got two car payments that are another 20%. They got credit card debt, and they're, you know, 60% of their income is going to service debt. But on average, when we look at the U.S. as a whole, heading into 2008, at the end of Q4 of 2007, and this is data from the Federal Reserve, U.S. debt service ratios for households, 13.1%. Almost 13% of all income was going just to service debt across yeah. the country. And this is with a bunch of people who have no mortgage, no car payments, you know, none of that. Today, it's only 9.7%. It's 25% lower. So for all that talk of you know credit card balances back up and auto loan payments being too high. Even with higher interest rates than we've seen in the past decade, the actual debt service payments that people are having to make on a relative basis, 25% lower than heading into the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Tim Quirk. He is the CEO of Final Offer, talking about uh, what they do in the housing market. The Financial Exchange has a brand new text code. Text us at 617-362-1385 and keep on top of breaking business news all day long. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. 
At Office Gallery International, we can help you design the perfect office space. Come visit our state-of-the-art showroom in Norwood, where you'll find a wide variety of products that can help you envision a beautiful and productive workspace. At Office Gallery, we take a high-tech approach to furniture, starting with our designs, and our personal service is second to none. Schedule your free consultation with one of our experts today by visiting us online at officegallery.net. That's officegallery.net. Office Gallery, creating workplace solutions that work. For 40 years, Cancer Support Community has been a relentless ally for anyone impacted by cancer with free services provided online and in person with their newest location in Massachusetts. Connect with Cancer Support Community Massachusetts for free emotional support, educational resources, patient navigation, financial counseling, and more. 617-797-3391. CancerSupportMass.org. CancerSupportMass.org. The latest news on inflation and how the markets are reacting every morning, right here on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. This segment of the Financial Exchange is brought to you in part by the U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Tourism. St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John were named the best Caribbean islands to visit for 2023 by the Caribbean Journal. So act now and fall naturally in rhythm with the heartbeat of the islands as you enjoy some of the most pristine beaches in the world along with world-class culinary cuisine. Visit usvi.com right now and book your next vacation today. Let's visit usvi.com. As promised, we're now joined by Tim Quirk. He is the CEO of Final Offer. Tim, how are you today? Chuck, doing great. Thanks for having me this morning. Tim, what's Final Offer? What does it do? Yes, we're all about providing clarity in the real estate negotiations. So we've, we built a platform for real estate agents to bring to their consumers the ability for sellers to tell the market what they want for their property and for buyers to actually understand what it will take to get their offer accepted. How does it work? Yeah, pretty straightforward. Sellers put one or two prices on their home, and they also tell you what terms they want. And they've signed a contract stating that they will sell the property if you make an offer for exactly what they've posted. Buyers can come in and make an offer for what we call the minimum committed price. If they do so, it'll start a window of time for other buyers to know exactly what that offer is, and they can come in and make a higher offer. So, so are you saying that other buyers will see the other offers that have been made on the property? That's right. We're actually pulling the veil open, and there you go. You can see everything about what the offer is, what the terms are, when the seller has said, I'll take it. So it's giving more confidence for buyers to be able to come in and know exactly what it takes to make an offer that can win. Let me ask you this, just because, again, I, I'm, I'm curious, why do agents, why, why, why is the, the home buying process, why is there normally so much secrecy about, hey, you know, yes, I have another offer, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. What, what advantage does this give over that, I guess? Yeah, so th- that's just been a cultural thing in the United States. Elsewhere in the world, they'll disclose it. And I'm actually out with a number of the top agents in the U.S. right now at a conference, and the best ones in the world will actually disclose the pricing terms of the offers to people. And by doing so, what it does is it allows another buyer to know exactly what it is, and they know that they're not bidding against themselves. And that old wheeze, you ever put an offer on a property and not win and wonder why? Yes. Now you know exactly what it takes. If that was a house you wanted to put your family in for the next 20 years, you'd pay another 20000 another 50000 if you just knew what it took. Now you actually know what it takes. And the other piece of it is, is that, Sellers are now able to put what we call the final offer on it. This is your buy-it-now option. For that price and those terms, you can take it off the market immediately. 
and make that your home. In terms of questions that I have about this, the first one that comes to mind is so I'm, I'm you know my offer is going to be displayed for other people to see. It it's not going to show my personal information, correct? I'd prefer that that doesn't no. become public. No, of course not. No, all your all your information is protected, and the only time that the price in terms of your offer gets publicly displayed is if the seller has met the seller's price and terms. So you could negotiate with the seller for less than what they want or for different terms, and all that it will do is disclose to the public that an offer actually did come in, but you might not know what the price in terms of it is. So it gives buyers confidence to know that they're not bidding against themselves, that there really is an offer there, and when they get that real-time alert, they're able to pick up the phone, call their agent, and say, can you please call and find out what's going on? I want to put an offer in on the property. We want to buy this property. Different states and localities have different rules for making offers on properties. There's different documentation required, different you know pieces depending on where you go. How does your platform help to make sure that someone submitting an offer actually has all the stuff they need in order to do so? Yeah, of course. So number one, they have to work with a real estate agent on both sides of the transaction. So the agents are still taking them through that process. The second thing we've done is we put in all of your common terms within each jurisdiction that we operate. Right now, that's in the Massachusetts area, where we just officially launched last week, and the uh, Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, where we launched back in October. And so we make sure that we have the standard things that are in there, and we've worked with our attorneys to do so, and then the real estate agents can do what they do best, which is put any additional terms or conditions on the sale of the property into the platform themselves. What kind of results are you seeing people come back with after using this platform? Yeah, so we launched uh, five months ago in the Washington, D.C. area. We've had almost 200 properties now on the platform. Well over half have already gone under contract or sold. They are getting higher prices faster with better terms. Buyers are thrilled that they know what it takes to win or know exactly why they lost. We had a property in Natick, Massachusetts last week go under agreement where the minimum price that the seller committed to accept was $1.6 million. They put a $1.9 million final offer price in terms on it. Buyers were able to take their time and walk through the property all weekend during the open houses. Sure enough, an offer came in 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon for something that was different than the seller said they'd take. So no one knew what the offer price mm. was, but they knew an offer came in, and it got the other buyers to come to the table with their agents. Six hours later, the final offer was made for $1.9 million, ideal terms. Buyer was thrilled because they knew exactly what it took. The other buyers in the process we spoke with were happy that they could sleep at night knowing why they lost. And the seller was absolutely blown away that they got their dream, dream price for their property. Fantastic. Tim, we've got to run, but thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate the time. Great. Thank you, Chuck. Take care. That is Tim Quirk, the CEO of Final Offer. All right, time for trivia here on the Financial Exchange, which is brought to you by Encore Boston Harbor. Visit EncoreBostonHarbor.com and see for yourself why Encore is a Forbes five-star award winner for both hotel and spa. Well, on April 13, 1997, the Hartford Whalers played their final game before relocating to another city. The Whalers began their existence in Boston before moving to Hartford in 74. The Whalers joined the NFL. NHL in 79 when the WHA merged with the NHL. Our trivia question today, 
Which current NHL team did the Hartford Whalers become? Pretty easy question for you today. Which current NHL team did the Hartford Whalers become? Be the ninth person today to text us at 617-362-1385 with the correct answer. And you win a Financial Exchange Show t-shirt and be registered to win a $100 gift card to Encore Boston Harbor. Be sure to include the keyword Encore in your text and we'll be giving away that Encore gift card on Friday's show. 617-362-1385. The ninth correct response will be our winner. See complete contest rules at financialexchangeshow.com. So I know you don't know the answer to this and I should have spoken up, but do you have to put a final offer price on there or can you just let it go the eBay style higher and higher? I don't know. You should have asked that. I should have asked that. Sitting there. You know? I mean, I, honestly, the, the real estate process is so opaque. I, I think platforms like this, I see why they are becoming more popular. It, it is akin to what we see from Zillow and Redfin and everything else. I mean, I'll give you just an example. We were trying to buy a place a couple of years back. And the seller said, take away your home sale contingency and we'll give you the place. Yeah. We took away the contingency. They sold to someone else. Yeah. I'm like, what? What does <laughs> what, it take? What? I didn't, if you wanted me to offer more money, just tell me. Yeah. But I did what you did, what you told me to do. I still lost. And then I still lost. Yeah. So I've, I, I've been there. I like this I, model. I would appreciate a little bit more transparency, both as a buyer and a seller. Yeah. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we've got the trivia answer. The Financial Exchange is live on Facebook, so make sure to like our page and watch the guys break down the latest on the markets every day beginning at 10 on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit If you missed any of today's show, catch up whenever you want on our YouTube page. Find daily show segments and full shows. Just go to YouTube.com and search for The Financial Exchange. This is your home for breaking business and financial news. This is The Financial Exchange Radio Network. Trivia question today was, uh, which NHL team did the Hartford Whalers become? Oh, that would be the Carolina Hurricanes. In 97, the Whalers moved to Raleigh, North Carolina to become the Carolina Hurricanes. Winner today was uh, Jeff from Wilmington, Mass. He's taking home that financial exchange show t-shirt and is also registered to win a $100 gift card to Encore Boston Harbor, which we'll give away on tomorrow's show. And trivia is brought to you by Encore Boston Harbor. 
Visit EncoreBostonHarbor.com and see for yourself why Encore is a Forbes five-star award winner for both hotel and spa. Does any professional sports team in America still have a marching band? Because someone should. I think the Honestly, Ravens do. My favorite, my very favorite part of attending college sporting events is the live band there. I'm st- like maybe that makes me just not an athletic, not not a sports fan, but I-, I love going to a hockey game where there are a couple of bands playing. Interestingly, uh, the so Baltimore Ravens do they? Yes, they they do. There is technically one in Washington. Actually, no, they did return last year after a two-year hiatus. Mm-hmm. So for some reason, both of the D.C. The area teams... The Washington football team has... Uh, commanders. Washington Commanders. Ah, yes, that's right. They both uh, they both have marching bands. I think a hockey team with a marching band would be fantastic. Yeah, just put, mm-hmm. don't put skates on them, though. Put skates on them. <laughs> have you guys seen that class? Imagine, imagine seeing the tuba player just take a digger right into the boards. You guys haven't seen this video of the national anthem singer... On skates, who then hits the? Uh, they rolled out the red carpet for him. He, oh no, I have seen, that, seen one. that one. Yeah, yeah just full on face plants and then recovers wonderfully and keeps singing. Yep, it's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, my favorite botch national anthem is still Carl Lewis. You just hit. Oh, some, yeah. you hit some rarefied okay. air there. He, he okay. just he can't do it. Yeah, he, it, it just it is. It, what is it at? It, Nin- actually, I think it was that ninety one. I want to say it's just. It's, it's the basketball game, right? Yeah. Because he also does take me out to the ball game at the Cubs game, and that was bad, too. Yeah, but that's always like that's a always, bo- yeah. botched That was thing. a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just like an insert celebrity here, and they sing like a dope. Speaking of which, HBO Max is getting a rebrand just from Max. Warner Brothers Discovery. Specifically, they're merging HBO Max and Discovery Plus. So they're removing... HBO from the title. They're calling it because Max. They're idiots. What are what, I mean? How many times can you screw up this brand with people still willing to watch it? It's not like HBO is known for any good shows like you know uh, The Sopranos, Arguably, The Wire, some Game of, of the Thrones. best rated. I, I do wonder what some of the best rated series of all time are because I guarantee HBO carries the title on several of them. HBO. It's probably three of the top five. Is a premium name. To it, remove that, why would you get rid of that from a streaming service? Is beyond moronic. Not not only that, okay. I just googled Max. Do you know what the top search result is? Um, something to do with size, maybe. Max Music Official. It's yeah. there's some artist called Max. Succession, another show. It's. It's just a horrible name. It it doesn't. It's not going to last. They're going to go back to HBO Max. They're going to realize this was the dopiest move they've ever made. How, why would you kill off one I don't of the? Know. Mo- this would be equivalent to if Toyota bought Mercedes and then said we're going to rename them Toyota B or just B. Yeah, just B. We're going to call them B. That's pretty so much dumb. what you did. You bought one of the most prestigious names in entertainment. They're and gonna, you just yeah. killed it. They're going to undo this at some point. It's, it might take six months or so, but they will undo this because they're going to see that people are going to associate it with uh, Cinemax. Right. Like that, that's the other thing. There's already another premium movie station that has the word Max in its name. Just dumb. So dumb. 
poor decision-making process. I, I don't know how they got here. Uh, we did get a little bit more detail on the Harry Potter series. It looks like they're actually going to make it into a series rather than a series of movies. Yeah, it's what they said they were going to do. Oh, I thought they were going to turn it into redos of the movies. No, it's going to be like 10 episode yeah. uh, series, seasons. I think they also, I'm actually a little bit excited about that. There's then. not enough content there. I think they cut out a lot of content out of the movies from the books, and I think uh, they'll, what they'll do is they'll put it all back in and drag it up. What else did they announce? They announced uh, the Penguin, right? Which is a spinoff of, you know, the Batman villain. Yeah, and then they got uh, another Game of Thrones uh, spinoff, Dunkin' Egg. Again, they don't have... Which is not something you get at Dunkin' Donuts. Wait, 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 hold on. It's called Dunkin' Egg? Dunk and Egg. Spell it. Dunk, D-U-N-K. This is a Game of Thrones spinoff? And Egg, E-G-G. Is it a kid's show? (laughs) Tales of Dunk... Oh, okay, so that's actually the book name. It's called Dunk and Egg. Oh, gotcha. It's about Sir Duncan the Tall and his... uh, couldn't. compatriot egg who's this short little fat guy Couldn't so i mean like i think that we'll continue to put out compelling content but what a terrible choice of name it, it, it really is it's it, it, if you're trying to say hey where is something oh it's on max like cinemax or matt it's just not a good name or so it, is hbo going away or is that just going to be associated with cable now it's just going to be associated with cable Dumb. Which it's okay now. It's you're so dumb. You're just relegating it to yesteryear's technology. I don't know who thought this up, but they're not good at it. Forget about the name Max, which I agree is dumb. I don't understand why you would walk away from a brand that has been built up over what three or four decades, producing some of the best TV content ever. Just call it HBO. Just why how about, it, how about this? Leave it as is because it was a catchy name in the why, first place. Why, HBO Max why, is a nice streaming why, name. Why does the streaming name have to be different? Why not just call just it HBO? HBO. Yeah. Hey, where are you streaming this? On HBO. It just yeah. it why, it doesn't need to be different. It's just hilarious to me that I just picture this board meeting with all these executives sitting around the room brainstorming. Be like, hey, what can we do to get more people at our uh, our platform here? Hey, let's drop the HBO. Yeah, I like that. Uh, what do you think about that, Right, that would be equivalent to Facebook saying, hey, we used to be named The Facebook. Now we're just going to be The. Are there a bunch of Gen Zers or something like that that don't know about HBO? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people who wonder what it stands name? for. Like, what is going on? I've always wondered what H&M stands for. I don't know what it means. Still don't know. Yeah. I dumb, see the dumb, store, dumb. and I, I never know what it is. It'll be back. Trust me. HBO you see the Max H&M stores and malls? Yeah, I think it's Swedish or something. It like is, that. but I don't know what it stands for. Yeah. I'll look it up. You probably, I don't ask. You probably can't pronounce it. I don't anyway. care. Yeah. We pronounce Ikea wrong, right? Yeah. It's supposed to be, was it Ikea? Something like that. We, we learned that we were pronouncing it wrong? Uh, I'm not sure. Still, yeah. I'm not sure. You're trying to find H&M? Yeah, I think it's just two names from the founders, I think. I don't know. I also don't know why they need to have one streaming app. Henny's and Moritz? That's probably not how it's pronounced. Told you you couldn't pronounce it. It's in Sweden. How's it spelled? The first word. H-E-N-N-E-S. And then Moritz is M-A-U-R-I-T-Z. I I mean, it could be Henny, like Chad Henny, the quarterback. Henny and Moritz. But it could be like Penne, the pasta. Go Moritz. Henne and Moritz. Could yeah. just be hens. I think it's Moritz. It could be hens. I think it's Henne, Henne and Moritz. Should we take a break? No. No, it's too early. What? No. Okay. <laughs> Are you running the show? 
<laughs> it's not time to take a break right now. <laughs> We're arguing about the pronunciation of so H&M what? for over a minute. <laughs> it's fine. You want to know what it's time for? Sure. It's time to talk about the latest guide from the Armstrong Advisory Group. Nine tips to spring clean your finances. So, lovely weather out there today, right? It's 84 degrees. Probably not the best if you're trying to throw down a bunch of mulch like I'm going to be over the weekend, but it's going to be a little bit cooler by Saturday, so I'm optimistic there. So, if you don't want to be outside shoveling mulch today, this guide is all about the stuff that you can do inside in the comfort of your own home with the fan on or the AC on or whatever you do to stay a little bit cooler on days like this and trying to get your finances in order for another year. It's all about looking at the stuff that maybe you've already been you know, looking at over the last month or so with your taxes out. So... How do you get this guide? You can request it one of two ways, or you can request it both ways, quite honestly. First, you can go to armstrongadvisory.com, click the monthly guide button, and then you can request it there. Second option, call 800-393-4001, and you can request it over the phone. The guide, again, is titled Nine Tips to Spring Clean Your Finances. And the two ways that you can request it are by going to armstrongadvisory.com or by calling 800 800- Three nine three four zero zero one. The proceeding was paid for by Armstrong Advisory Group, a registered investment advisor. Nothing in the ad or in any Armstrong guide is specific financial, legal, or tax advice. Consult your own financial, tax, and estate planning advisors before making any investment decisions. Armstrong may contact you to offer investment advisory services. Restaurant prices rising faster than grocery prices over the last 12 months for the first time since inflation started moving up in late 2021. Price of food away from home, according to the CPI, up 8.8% over the past year, while the price of food at home is up 8.4%. Labor's Th- catching up with them. Does this mean that we're going to get all the articles now saying that no one's going to eat out anymore and everyone's going to go... Do you and- remember that? Yeah. No one does Hey, guys, that. it's so much better of a deal to go dine out compared to buying groceries. It's like, okay, but a burger is still $18 <laughs> now, so no, I'm going to make it at home on the grill. That was such a dumb argument. I mean, I, I want. I supported restaurants. I still support restaurants. Of course. I love going to restaurants. But don't tell me that I'm getting a better deal by dining out than buying at the grocery store because the inflation rate is lower. No, the, the, the person sitting at home on a Friday does not go, well, the CPI for food at home was up 10 and the CPI for food away was only up 8, so I'm going to uh, go have a burger somewhere. No. <laughs> it's not how it works. Uh, so it was it, funny, though. It is interesting that you are seeing now grocery prices in the most recent data actually starting to come down a little bit, not just plateauing at a high level, but ticking down somewhat. So that's a, a little bit of welcome news there after how much they've risen. But as you mentioned, the labor cost at restaurants is now seemingly that driving factor yep. that is going to, in my opinion, have this be the case for the foreseeable future with restaurant inflation outpacing grocery inflation probably the next few quarters at least i would think so let's take a quick break now and when we come back it's stack roulette miss any of the show you can catch up at your convenience by visiting financialexchangeshow.com and clicking the on-demand icon where you'll find all of our interviews and full shows this is your home for the latest business and financial news in new england and around the country this is the financial exchange radio network 
The United States Virgin Islands, St. Croix, St. Thomas, and St. John were recently voted a top Caribbean destination by Travel and Leisure magazine and several other top media organizations, as well as the best Caribbean islands to visit in 2023 by the Caribbean Journal. Spring has arrived in New England, but it's still a perfect time to head to America's Caribbean paradise. When you arrive, you'll enjoy some of the most pristine beaches in the world, incredible scuba diving and snorkeling, and world-class culinary offerings. Book your trip today and fall naturally in rhythm with the heartbeat of the islands, where the sun is strong, the clouds are few, and the weather is perfect every day. Travel from New England could not be easier, with no passport required, no money to exchange, and no travel restrictions to enter. Go to visitusvi.com and learn more about America's Caribbean paradise and book a trip today. That's visitusvi.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus the financial exchange is now available on your alexa smart speaker Ask to play the Financial Exchange and catch up on anything you might have missed. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. April is National Financial Literacy Month. It's a good time to consider your life's goals and what you need to do to achieve them, especially when it comes to understanding the best ways to manage your money. Having a trusted partner like a credit union can prove to be extremely valuable because your financial well-being is at the heart of every credit union. Learn more at bettervaluesbetterbanking.com. What do you got for me for Stack Roulette, Mr. Mike? I want to talk about work from home because I think that we are finally starting to see a significant shift here in demand from managers and companies in general in terms of how this goes. So I mentioned I was speaking to somebody last night. I was at dinner as, as at a dinner with a bunch of small businesses. And this was honestly the most talked about subject was how often do our employees work from home? What's the right balance? How do we do it right? And the general conclusion was that if you're not offering work from home and if you don't have remote employees, you are going to struggle to be competitive. Uh, there was one you know, who was talking about his engineers and he's like, I can dramatically reduce cost if I am willing to open up fully remote position to uh, data mm. engineers compared to anywhere else. Uh, the That was acknowledged, but there were several others that were saying, I cannot have a brand new employee be fully remote. I am really struggling with 20 to 25-year-olds being fully remote. They're not successful. They are showing up with poor satisfaction 
on surveys that they do. They are not hitting their numbers in terms of sales goals and things along those lines. And so it's been very interesting where initially all the messaging was, look how much more efficient we are from home. Today, I am not hearing that same message. Because originally there was nothing else to do. That's what it mainly comes down to. That's what it mainly comes down to. And I think that as much as you might try, training sucks via Zoom. Oh, absolutely. There's, There's something to be said for sitting right next to the person while they're doing it and watching them do it and, and getting that experience. Yeah, I think that's really tough to replace. And, and I guess the last piece on it, does anybody think that sitting in front of a Zoom screen for eight hours a day is healthy for you? No, and, and God, no. honestly, it's, <laughs> right? it, like, that it, can't be good for it, you. It's mentally exhausting, right? It, it's mentally exhausting. So I, I'm starting to see that push. Uh, companies are very hesitant to be public about that push because they want to still be able to attract talent right now and sending out that message. It's been done in this weird, like, hey, we'd really like you back in the office. I get the sense it's going further now. It's, you need to be in the office. We are going to be flexible with it, but you're going to be in the office these days, and it's not really up for negotiation. I continue to think it, and look, maybe this is just how I'm personally wired, but the hybrid schedule, in my opinion is is the the optimal one yeah. for managing you know the productivity that you need with the flexibility of being able to work from home when when available i i think it's that that's the direction i would steer most employees to absent you know the, there are cases of employees who are great when they're working remotely right there are plenty of those there, there are plenty of ones who can't handle it also, mm-hmm. but I think you have to judge it by the quality of, of the work of the specific employee. Yeah, I mean, I think that first there plenty, first and foremost, measure how they're doing. There are plenty uh, of employees who are bad employees in person. So. A decision, um, and admittedly, you know, for an organization of 20,000 people, that's difficult and requires you to be, you know, pretty you know pretty intentional about it uh there's this reminded me because there's a story uh from the new york times about just how terrible morale is at meta right now in part i think because leadership isn't showing up in the office i'm going to talk about twitter please you mean x they don't exist anymore mm-hmm. twitter was merged into x corp and twitter incorporated no longer exists so elon musk has long wanted to build the X Corporation that he thinks will encompass every aspect of every user's online life. Kind of like a WeChat from China. Great. Is is what he wants to build. He thinks that he can use Twitter to form the basis of that. And so you'll do all your shopping there and all your social networking and see sports and this and that. He wants to build the everything app is what he calls it. Mm. Why he had to rename it X Corp from Twitter, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if this means that Twitter is going to get renamed in and of itself he names everything x he calls his kid x it's true spacex the first tesla not the first but the second one was the model x he just likes the letter x that's really interesting actually you might you might have something there i think that we should speak i think we should interview a psychologist and ask what this means the uh, company is also now incorporated in nevada rather than delaware Mm. I would imagine that uh, Elon's experience with the Delaware Delaware Chancery, uh, Chancery Court. Court probably didn't want him to have to <laughs> deal with that again. I, I don't know what the laws are in Nevada versus Delaware in terms of incorporation and what you gain or lose, I've but I'm sure there are some differences. Nice but uh, yeah, so X Corp is uh, now the proud owner of Twitter. So there's that. 
Yahoo. Let's take a quick break for the rest of the day, but we will be back at the same time, same place tomorrow to round out the week. We'll see you then. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.